the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. And uh, thanks for listening to Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL, WFIL.com, and on the app. We have one of those. You can download it free from WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we're looking forward to today's fine broadcast. Forecast, uh, been a little windy. Hold on to your toupee, small children, and lawn furniture. Supposed to die down some. Eventually low uh, around 30, and then tomorrow, get some sunshine in the picture. Still on the breezy side, high around 45. Let's see, Monday Night Football last night, Seattle over, uh, who'd they play? I don't even have my sports report in front of me. This is all the top of my head. Minnesota, that's right. They beat Minnesota. Tough uh, tough game. Both teams near the top of the pile. We're going to be chatting actually with Rob Motti from the Associated Press in a moment. He's with, uh, uh, the, he's covered the Eagles for 20 years, and so we'll get a little insight into them and also the Phillies, who, among other things, did not offer contracts to Cesar Hernandez and Michael Franco, a couple of their main uh, players the last five years or so and decided to let them become free agents. Uh, he had the Sixers with a nice win last night over Utah, and tonight the Flyers are home against Toronto. We also are looking forward to, in addition to chatting with Rob Motti, having author Nancy Hicks join us. She has a brand new book that uh, came out this fall called Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. So we'll chat with Nancy about that. We'll have some copies to give away. First, a quick hello to... I don't have a moniker for you yet, Danny, but you know Joe, when he was here, was the hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio. I know. So far, you're just kind of just you're you're not there yet. Not there. You're not the <laughs> hardest working, but you're there, and you're doing a nice job. You having fun so far? Oh yeah, real blast. Good. So I didn't ask you, but how was how was your holiday? Uh, so great. Yeah. So much food. A lot of family time. Yeah. I love it. And the dog show on Thanksgiving, because I'm not a big sports fan. Okay. So the dog show, the I did not dog s- wins. Oh. I didn't see that. Is that an annual thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what time of day is the dog show? It's on from noon to 2 p.m. Okay. And, and what, what's the main idea? Is it, a, is it a competition to get to that point? It's for the best in show. So, so many dogs compete, and I love dogs. Okay. And the bulldog, his name was Thor. He won. <laughs> What what goes into winning the dog show as far as like uh, style points? Bragging or... rights? No, no. I mean, is it is it is it being able to do like per, like perform on command or what they look like or it's what they look like? Like okay. their coat. Make sure they're well groomed. Lustrous coat. Good. Well groomed. <laughs> Good teeth. The whole wow. package. Okay, so Thor the bulldog won. Yep. I missed that. What time? That was noon to two. I was getting ready for the our family turkey bowl. Oh, okay. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's so. fun. Good. Well, I learned something new every day. If nothing, if nothing else happens with this program, I learned about the annual Thanksgiving dog show. That's great. All right. Well, good, good information there. As we also segue to some good information, uh, Rob Motti, who is with the Associated Press, 
and has been a guest on our program a number of times, joining us on our broadcast. How you doing, Rob? What's going on, man? Hey, Timmy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. Happy Thanksgiving, belatedly. Did you guys have a good family time? Yeah, we had a uh, not a lot of travel this Thanksgiving. We we got to stay closer to home, um, but we'll do the traveling a little bit uh, further out around the Christmas holidays. But it's always good to spend some time with family, play some football. My shoulder's still sore from all the throws, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're getting through it. That's good. Who who do you play with? Do you have cousins and family that you yeah. get together? Yeah, in fact, my so my arm, I, I can I can throw pretty good left-handed about 15, 20 yards. I had a quarterback some series left-handed because my my shoulder was <laughs> was just really hurting. So I, I I rather than take a series off, I just took a, took a series and threw left-handed. That's it was fun. fun. That's great. Yeah. I was actually thinking of you. We have our our annual Turkey Bowl with my cousins, and they've all played. Some of them went to Owen J. Roberts and played some serious ball there, and has some school records and things like that. And they were real players back in the day, and now they're older like I am, and our kids are taking center stage. It's a lot of fun to incorporate the kids as they get older. Your girls, I'm sure, will eventually be yeah. a part of the game, too. Yeah, that's the best part. My, my brother threw a touchdown pass to his son, who's uh, well into his teen years now, but it was it's just really cool to watch. That's fun. Rob Motti, our guest, he is the, uh, the main writer for the Eagles and for the Phillies in this market. Two things. Uh, I just want to briefly chat with you. Uh, uh, I guess the Eagles, wow. <laughs> what do you? How do you describe this past Sunday's game with the Dolphins? And, and you know, where do you think we are with four games to go? Uh, just an incredibly disappointing, dismal defensive effort by the Eagles in Miami. Uh, I don't know what the issue was after playing so well against Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, holding those guys to 34 points combined, and they let Ryan Fitzpatrick, a journeyman quarterback who's had their number over the years, uh, put up 37. It was just a, a terrible defensive performance. There's got to be some accountability with this team. The offense did its part. Left some points out there on the table, though, still, but they did its part. They should have won the game. Uh, and now it comes down to uh, having to win your last four games to win the division, and we've seen the Eagles in a, in a do-or-die situation last year. They had to win their last three and get help. This year they don't have to get any help. They control their own playoff hopes. If they win the next four, they are NFC East champs. But after that loss to Miami, I don't know if anyone can confidently say, yeah, sure, they're going to win their next four games. I, I think they, sh- they should beat the Giants. They should beat the Redskins and, and set up a showdown with the Cowboys on December 22nd. And uh, We'll see. If they can handle their business, they'll be okay. But it's, it's not what we thought this team would be. Well, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. You sometimes hear that. And as ugly as it's been so far, you know, you win four and now you're feeling differently. Maybe you catch a little fire and and you and you do something in the playoffs, but I guess that remains to be seen. So yeah, and we we hear all the coach speak, the players speak one game at a time, and it really has to be that. It's got to be one game at a time. Go out there, put your best foot forward, play your best game each and every week. And uh, if you play your best game, if they play, they have the talent to win these next four games. And, and if they play the way they're capable of, they should win these next four games. But like you said, that remains to be seen. How do you think Carson Wentz is feeling? He's, he's had a process, a, a path that most folks have never had to, well, probably nobody has ever had to, to go the path he's had, uh, mimicking the career, including the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as being a part of that and the injuries and everything like that. How do you think he's doing these days? Uh, I, I, I think he's, he's really had an overall, the season's been disappointing for him, and uh, he's, he hasn't had much help. The receiver core is probably the worst in the NFL there's got there's a lot of coaching issues with this team. Uh, the drop off from Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator to Mike Rowe is fairly obvious. And uh, for as much credit 
as Doug Peterson uh, earned and deserved during the Super Bowl run. This offense has not been in sync since Frank Reich left, and I think Frank understood how to play to Carson's strengths, whereas Carson and Mike Rowe may not necessarily see football the same way. And the Eagles are just struggling to find an identity on offense. They became a running football team, then lost Jordan Howard. And even though they have Miles Sanders, they're not relying on him as much as they should. They were able to run the ball successfully against Miami, then took a lead and turned away from running the football when that could have helped their tire defense and kept Ryan Fitzpatrick off the field. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of coaching issues with this team. I'm, I'm not one of the guys out there who questions whether or not Carson can be a franchise quarterback. I don't think you could be uh, third in NFL MVP voting just two years ago and suddenly forget how to play football. Right. If he's surrounded with the right talent and the right coaching, I think he can thrive in being an elite quarterback. Well, in terms of his faith as well, you know that he's he's grounded in his faith. It's still, you know, I, nobody knows what it's like to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles and under everyone's scrutiny. So uh, from what you can tell, has he been able to still, you know, stay strong in his walk? Yeah, and the, the great thing for Carson is he's surrounded by uh, a, a group of people who, who really speak positively encouragement into his life, make sure that he's uh, keeping proper perspective. And uh, I, I don't have any issues with uh, Carson's mental uh, time, uh, you know, his, his, his mental state of mind at this point. I, I think he's, he's in the proper place. He may put too much pressure on himself and try to be too perfect when he's out there playing. But I think he's, uh, like you said, he's grounded in his faith, and that should help him through these times. And I think ultimately at some point he'll understand that the uh, the journey he's gone through has been a difficult one, but it, it'll all work out in the end. And I'm always reminded of, of Romans 8.28 uh, in times like this. Rob Motti, our guest, just for a couple more minutes, uh, the head writer for the Associated Press for the Phillies and for the Eagles in this market. And just jumping to the Phillies for a second, the uh, among other things, they're, they're announcing that they're not going to resign or offer a contract to Cesar Hernandez or Michael Franco, both, you know, been with the team for the last five or so years. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think we all saw this coming. It's kind of disappointing in Cesar Hernandez. Uh, you had a, a very... A serviceable starting second baseman. Here's a guy who hit 294 two seasons back to back, 2016, 2017. Was asked to do different things. Was juggled around in the lineup. Last year produced a career high in, in doubles and RBIs with 71. So his average dropped off a little bit. 279. His on base dropped off a little bit. But in talking to him towards the end of the season, he you know, he said my on base dropped off a little bit because. I'm being asked to do different things to uh, to drive runs in, to drive runners in batting in the sixth spot batting in the fifth spot sometimes. Uh, I, I, it's disappointing that they weren't able to move him before the trade deadline last year and get something for him because he is a talented second baseman. Um, Mike Calfranco's case, I think this has been coming for a while. This is an organization that just values different things out of their third baseman, and, and they want to see guys who put the ball in play more uh, in the air and. Uh, all the new baseball analytics uh, lend themselves to uh, moving away from a guy like Mikey, like Mike Alfranco. So they've been here for a while. Uh, at one point we thought Franco was going to be an anchor in the middle of the lineup, but those days uh, are long gone, and it'll be interesting to see what the Phillies do to, to uh, replace both guys. Yeah, I guess if I step back at both players, you think, you know, serviceable, but, you know, they, I guess they ultimately want more than that. And when you're trying to find reasons to keep somebody, that may be an indication that maybe you're better starting off with somebody younger and, and grow them up into something above what it appears Franco and Hernandez are able to do for you, despite their decent production. 
Yeah, and dollars and cents plays into it too. Both guys are uh, arbitration eligible, and Hernandez would be in line to get somewhere like around eleven million dollars. And Franco, I believe, was in the six-seven range, and that's quite a bit of money that you can use elsewhere, especially when you have Scott Kingery that you could plug in at either position. Right. Um, and and they they have pitching. Uh, they're desperate for pitching, and, and that's an area that they're going to have to address. Rob, great uh, chatting with you. Thanks for taking time. Folks can also catch you with your Faith on the Field show, faithinthefieldshow.com, and we look forward to catch up with you again. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Rob Motti joining us. Uh, Danny, uh, you're new to the program here. Rob actually will check in every few weeks. He's a solid guy. He's written for the world's largest news gathering agency for two dozen, uh, 20, 25 years, and uh, Phillies and Eagles, we tap into him every now and again, so... So, he seemed great. He's a good guy. And, you know, what he was referring to there on the back end, you know, the Eagles are having trouble this year. And, um, like, well, Carson Wentz is still a good player, right? They're not doing what they were doing a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But sometimes people forget that after they won the Super Bowl, some of their key coaches went to other teams. And so sometimes who's in the mix matters to the overall success, not just the head coach mm. who remains. So if we're making a parallel to this program, you know, the program was, I think, doing pretty well with Joe here, right? <laughs> and now that Joe's gone and now you're moving in, yeah, yeah. so maybe things will go even better. I hope so. Or, you know, fail miserably. Well, no. hopefully I won't have the same ending that the Eagles have on Sunday. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident not. Has some good news to report, too. We'll share in just a couple of seconds. We'll go to our first break, and then we're going to come back with Nancy Hicks. She is the author of a book called Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News, and it's a book that we're happy to uh, also make several winners of before the show is done. So have our toll-free number ready to roll, 800-560-WFIL. You'll need that in a little bit. Back in just a second, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 418 The Tim DeMoss Show. Just a quick piece of good news to roll your way. We are getting very close to completing our partnership with uh, Transworld Radio. The gifts continue to come in, and we are around $645 to go. That's it of the $8,100 or so we're trying to raise to help with the Oasis Transmitter Project. That's Transworld Radio's deal, a 200,000-watt transmitter, which will help reach all of Nigeria for the gospel. So you can find out more about that right on our homepage at WFIL.com. You can help by uh, contributing at 888-988-5656, 888 or click the Transworld Radio banner at WFIL.com. Thanks to all those who have helped out, whether the gift was very small or very large, it all adds up. And I love the fact that our listening family has teamed up to bring the gospel to the seventh largest country in the entire world. Again, that's Nigeria. Thanks again. We're $645 from the finish line. Hop on board and help out one more time. 888-988-5656 or WFIL.com. We bring in now uh, Nancy Hicks. She is the author of a book called Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. Hi, Nancy. How you doing? Hello, Tim. Nice. <laughs> Good to be with you. Yeah, you too. You got this book called Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News, and we want to get into that. Uh, and folks uh, may also know you from your time at QVC, and you're a local gal in a lot of ways, although you've traveled, so we have a lot to get into here. So welcome aboard. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. You, uh, I guess, originally f- from Canada, is that correct? Yeah, I grew up in Toronto. Okay. Graduated from the University of Toronto, and then about 20 years ago, 
Uh, my husband and uh, two sons moved to the U.S., and we've been here ever since. The Flyers are playing Toronto tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh-oh. Yeah. Who are you rooting for? That's an important question. Before you go any further. Yeah, that's always a tough one. <laughs> that's always a tough one, I yeah. have to say. Nancy, this interview may get cut so- short. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a Flyers fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, mm, okay. Yeah, well, you're allowed to read. Listen, especially- I've gone down to many a game. Many a game. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy that. I didn't want to give you a stereotypical hockey question just because you're from Canada, but I guess, is that part of part of what you, you enjoy doing? Take a hockey game in once in a while? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Really, we do. And Lauren Hart, so my background is singing uh, before I moved into speaking. And so I always love to see Lauren belt it out, you know, the uh, the anthem. Yes. And uh, yeah, she does such a great job. The resident but, national uh, anthemist. Yes. Yes, yeah, she is. She is. And and I love um, truly hockey, even though my family's not, well, I am certainly the least athletic person in my, <laughs> my family, um, my family of origin, that is. But I still, please, we grew up going to hockey games because, you know, to be honest with you, Tim, that's where the cute guys were. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, you mentioned your husband. How did you, how did you meet him? Well, actually, we grew up in the same denomination okay. um, in the church. Yeah, and our background is the Salvation Army. And actually, on the hockey thing, this is kind of a cool little piece of information. The Salvation Army, believe believe it or not, so we're from, both of us are from Canada. And the Salvation Army actually had their own hockey league because they didn't want to play on the Sabbath because they didn't want to lose their people, you know, going to sports. So they actually had their own hockey league. So we would always hang out on Friday nights at the hockey games and Saturday mornings. So I met my husband in, um, he came because we, my church was a very, um, my particular congregation, yeah. extremely musical in Toronto, and uh, we had a concert every month, and we were bringing in a soloist, and my husband Cam was our soloist one month, and I heard him at the piano, and I was like, wow, really pretty amazing. He was just rocking it out on the concert Grand Steinway, and I was a young um, singer, and uh, lyric soprano preparing for the University of Toronto's audition. And uh, I met him, and I was like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I knew he loved the Lord, and I knew, you know, he was in my denomination, which isn't a big deal now, but at the time for me, I wasn't even thinking of leaving the Army, so that was, it was a very big deal to kind of be a part of the same denomination. I don't feel the same way now, that's for sure, but anyway, that's how we met. Nancy Hicks is our guest, author of Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. The QVC side of things, how did you get involved there? And we can get into your book as well. Yeah, so um, this is actually a story of calling, and um, and I lived it out, and now I push it out. And so I, um, as I mentioned, I was a voice student and then actually sang for years in Toronto. Hmm. I did musical theater, main stage, and a lot of concert work. And um, just sang. In fact, all I wanted to do was sing. Have a family, yep, but singing was my focus. And that's a story of stepping off the stage to then move to the U.S. And my husband was traveling business. And I really went through a time of, of prayer and journaling and saying, God, how can I continue? I wanted to keep my voice in shape, but I wanted to continue some, you know, keeping my foot in my career in to some degree. Yeah. And it was really clear to me, and this is a fuller story, you know, that we don't have enough time for, but it became clear to me that the eight shows a week of musical theater, which is exactly what we do, especially matinee evening, matinee evening on the weekends. Oh, yeah. It just wasn't going to be, yeah, it was just too hard. 
Um, and I remember, you know, one day looking around the green room and we were doing a production of Anna Green Gables and I was like, you know what? One of these things does not belong here and it's me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, no one was married with children in the whole cast of about 30 people. I thought, I'm the only one married here with kids. Mm. It didn't work for me. For me, it didn't work. So I, um, I was just praying and journaling and seeking the Lord and I, I really uh, believe that God said, continue to use your gifts in the church of your voice, so I continued soloing and singing, but um, I was actually singing at an event one night, a big outreach event at Church of the Savior, just outside of Philadelphia, which is where we worship, and um, I was singing at this big event, and the keynote that night was from QBC, she's a Mary Beth Rowe, who's a dear, dear friend, and the, uh, the MC was Lori Shore. She's a QVC woman, and then at the end, and I was the soloist, the singer, and at the end of the night, they gave me their cards and said, you should be on QVC. Wow. And I remember thinking, why would I want to do that? To be honest, I thought, why would I want to sell a bunch of crap to a bunch <laughs> of Americans who aren't have too much crap? That's actually what I thought, Jim. Um, You're allowed. That's fine. Place, is that okay for me to say that on air? Well, I mean, just even to think that, like, why would I want to do that? You know, that, but so continue. That's, in, Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, right? And, you know, we already have too much stuff. Why would I want to push a bunch of stuff? So I'm a singer, and I'm so about Christ and His kingdom. Like, I was always, even though I was working for pay in the marketplace, I was always a leader in the church from the time I was a youth. Hmm. So I had no desire, except that over the course of two years, God was making it clear to me that QVC, it kept coming up, kept coming up, and I'm journaling and praying and and I'm serving in these various capacities, and, and I'm, I'm saying, God, are you wanting me to pursue that? And it became clear to me that the answer was yes, and I did, and then um, joined them. And once I caught a vision, Tim, that it wasn't about selling a bunch of junk to a bunch of women. It really, for me, it was about connecting with that, in particular, woman through the camera of millions of viewers. I could do anywhere from 3 to 12 shows a week. It was about connecting with that one woman. And for me, as a follower of Christ, really being that light and salt, not in a weird way or a pushy way, but yeah. a relevant way at the queue, but also on air, and being able to call a woman out to be beautiful and alive, at least sort of, you know, dropping the breadcrumbs, although, I, you know, of course I couldn't say, you need Jesus. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't, you don't say that on QVC. But I could drop the breadcrumbs and point them to life the best way I could and call them a woman out to be the best version of herself she could be. And then if they cared to pursue it further, then, you know, then I could share a little more. But anyway, that was my time. I loved my time on QVC, but it was during that time. And, you know, every time I would travel to QVC, because we worked 24-7, I would, and it's just out here in Westchester, I would pray, God, I, I love my job here but I want to do what you want, and I want to be where you want, to, want me to be, and I'm completely submitted. So if ever there's a time you want me to leave, I'm open. And so it was when our younger son, Aaron, was heading off to college. It was about six or seven years ago. I threw my arms open wide and said, God, I'm going to have more time. If you want me to continue on Q at QVC, I'll stay, but I would love for you just to spend all there is of me. And so in the course of my son's uh, final year at um, high school, God was very clear again, and uh, people wonder if God speaks. I'm like, oh, he speaks. You just have to be quiet and listen, hmm. and put yourself in a position to, to hear him. 
speak. He speaks. He was very clear with me, Tim, three times that, honey, you're going to take all that communication background on the stage as a singer and leading, you know, I was head of outreach and evangelism here at Church of the Savior for years and teaching Bible classes to women from all over the place and and on air, of course, but I, I just wanted to take all of that, and I went off to seminary, and for the rest of my life, I said, God, I'm, I believe that God said and commissioned me, you're going to preach me, you're going to be a Christian speaker. So that's where the book comes in, because, you know, if you're going to be a speaker, and you're going to kind of push it out there and want to have impact, yeah. you have to put your thoughts in writing. So that's why I, I wrote my first book this September 17th. It launched, and I'm so grateful. Nancy Hicks, our guest, author of Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. Quick break. We'll come back with more. Also be ready to call in. In fact, if you want to call right now and win a copy, we'll do that. 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345 to win a copy of Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News by Nancy Hicks. Back in a sec with more on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 4.30 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. As the sun fades, skies cloud up tonight, low 31. The cloudy side tomorrow, a breezy high 45. Seattle over Minnesota, 37-30 in Monday Night Football last night. Sixers, 103-94 over Utah. Tobias Harris leading the way with 26 points. They're 10-0 at home this year. Flyers are home tonight against Toronto. And the Phillies making some moves, including not offering contracts to second baseman Cesar Hernandez and third baseman Michael Franco, making them free agents. If you're just tuning in, we're joined by Nancy Hicks. She is author of the new book, Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. Background includes a stint at QVC. You mentioned before the break how when you were at that event where a couple of QVC folks were part of the event and how they came up to you and said, uh, you know, you should look into joining QVC, that you initially were kind of turning that, that thought down and push it away. And it actually took a couple of years, right, to move forward in that direction uh, share about that that timeline because, uh, for lack of a better term, it could be easy for someone to be flattered by such a, a an invitation and to jump real quickly rather than wait on God's timing. Yeah, that's a great question, Tim. Um, I will say to you, in all honesty, I did not know, fully honest here, I had no clue QVC was as big a deal as it was. Like mm. I had no idea. Yeah. So. So I, I can't say, if I could turn back the clock, would I have jumped if I would heard that it was as big a deal? You know, it's the, it's the world's largest multi-platform retailer. It's in various countries, millions of viewers. It's a mega thing, you know, and I, I didn't know. I thought it was just a junky thing. In fact, when I, was, I had an interview on it, um, on the phone, over the phone first, and I remember and they asked me, to, after they had interviewed me, asked me to bring in my headshot and resume. Oh, or not to bring it in, to send it in. And I remember thinking, eh, I think I'll take it in. Because if it's, if it's kind of a eh sort of place, I'm not really interested, to be honest. <laughs> That's funny. You know, yeah. I, mean, I know what it's like to work in theater. I know what it's like to get paid little. And you're slugging away, slugging away. That's the reality of, of performing arts. I wasn't prepared to sort of give up my singing. And, by the way, my time at home with my boys. It had to be something significant. But I, and the other thing was that I wasn't thinking television. I was thinking singing. So the, the honest answer is I didn't know it was a big deal until I took my headshot and resume in, which was about two years later. Hmm. Um, but I think, right. So 
And I can't say if I would have jumped if I had known. I don't know the answer to that. Well, maybe it's God's protection just, on you, you know? Maybe, I mean, he knew. Well, you know? maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and I tend to be the kind of person who doesn't, uh, I don't want to fidget and bite my nails and, and, you know, wonder if God is saying, go child. I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think, especially now having lived in that, world and know that it's such a big deal. I've watched people rise and fall at QVC. I've watched celebrities make fools of themselves at QVC because they thought they were a little too big. Hmm. So I've been now around that, and I'm grateful for the Lord really showing me what that's like. And to be honest with you, Tim, I don't know if you felt this or have seen this, but now that I'm kind of moving and just the newbie in the uh, in the Christian-speaking world, I've had a little of that in that as well in some circles where there's a little bit of Sadly, you know, people sort of thinking they're a little bit, I don't know. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Sure. That's okay. Sure. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't think so, guys. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I've seen that. I've worked primarily in Christian radio. I've worked in mainstream radio, yeah. too. But I, you see that. Yeah. Or you see just the way the way people, the people I respect the most in wherever you go, Christian or not, worlds are people who do look you in the eye and they talk to you, they're present with you, and they're not looking over your shoulder yeah. at what, what other options there might be and then whatever they call it, the Nashville handshake. If you're in, you know, you're shaking, hi, nice to meet you, but I'm not really looking at you. I'm looking at the guy behind you because that might be more advantageous for me to talk to him. So, and in James, it talks about not showing favoritism in James chapter two. That's a big passage for me to try to treat people uh, with the same level of respect. I mean, obviously some people uh, have have earned certain levels of respect, but you know what I mean? To not judge people based upon what they can do for you, how much money they have or don't have or, or, or all that because they're made in God's image. So everybody matters, you know, on that level. So, Yeah. In fact, in my book, I have to say that one of the things that I talk about is uh, humility. And if you're going to be an upfront person, if you're going to be, you know, uh, Richard Foster says that the only one safe to speak is the one who is free to be silent. Mm. And I think for those of us who, uh, and to quote Dallas Willard, he talks about this in terms of money. If you're willing, you know, if you're willing to walk as close to hell, you just know you're doing it for heaven's sake. You're, you know, if you have money, he talks about it from that vantage point. But I think it's true also for those of us who are in any kind of public, whether it's in the marketplace or in Christian media, whatever, or preachers, anyone visible, you just got to know you're going to be prone to pride. So just be aware. Don't don't act like it's not real and it's not, you know. It is. It's very real. The sure. question is not, will I? The question is, how will I handle it when it comes? And so I think when Dallas Willard says, just know you're walking very close to hell for heaven's sake, I think those uh, those wise men, Dallas Willard, Richard Foster, have a lot to offer us yeah. in terms of how we practice humility so that we keep the name of Christ lifted high and not our own. Nancy Hicks is our guest, author of Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app as well. Um, and maybe as we, you know, we've kind of been talking in and around the book and referencing it, but let's dig into it for a little bit more here and get a little further with the book itself. I know you've traveled the world. We kind of talked about that a bit. And then you, you've been in a lot of different places, South America, I understand, and Asia and Africa. And where have you, where have you traveled? A couple places? So in the last couple of years since we started the ministry, uh, one East Asian country, um, which I can't name because I have a 10-year multiple entry visa <laughs> and I want to be going back, yes. but I, I spoke in two weeks, I spoke 
28 times in this one country wow. where the gospel is burgeoning like crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, Albania, first-generation followers of Christ in Albania. Did you know that? I don't know if people realize that. They don't wow. have a history of Christianity. In fact, Albania is the only self-identified, or was the only self-identified atheist nation. Wow. And so when I, yes, I served there. It was a the largest uh, Christian uh, radio television network that had me and hosted me, and I did a number of shows for them and then traveled around the nation training women, female leaders. Um, Haiti and the Philippines, and this year I'm heading to uh, Nigeria, Uganda, Haiti again, if the Lord wills, because I'm scheduled to be there in February, but... You know, it's a little tumultuous right now, but um, yeah. these are the places I've been serving. Well, and to clarify, as we kind of we capped off the QVC part, as you as you left from that to fully more go into the speaking and and ministering in other ways, um, so that that's where some of the countries where God's had you, but also locally, just to bring this point in as well. I know that you have a passion to uh, talk about the local church and the importance of people being plugged in. So you're, you are based here, which is kind of neat, you know, in, in the, in the um, Pennsylvania uh, Church of the Savior, as far as the church goes, and in Wayne, that area, and, but also global. And that's a beautiful picture because the church is important on both levels. Well, and you know what, Tim? It's, that's what really got me going. I mean, when, when I knew that the Lord was calling me to be a, a Christian speaker, I was like, okay, what's my message other than, Christ, which of course is the message yeah. always. Yeah. But what form, what form does it take? Does it take a particular form, Lord? And I have to tell you, what really moved my heart as I was going through seminary, I got my master's in theology so that I could do this. Not that you need that, but I just wanted to. Yeah. Um, and felt it would be a good thing, especially as a woman uh, in the church today. But um, I have to say that it was the dichotomy as I was studying, you know, books and reading what was happening in missiology, what's going on around the world with the gospel, what's happening. And as I was seeing the church really flourishing with the good news of God's love to the world through Christ in South America, in Africa, in Asia, and then looked at the dichotomy of the church flourishing in those places, but the radical decline in the West, but I'll target North America since I, you know, have, have Canadian background and am now a U.S. citizen. My heart was just torn, just not torn in two. I mean, shredded to see that here I am living, and there's such a concentration of followers of Christ in North America, but the church is in radical decline here. And this dichotomy of the church alive around the globe, but barely breathing here, just ruined me. And I was like, God, get me to the nation to serve, in particular women, because they're the, you know, the women are working like crazy, as are the men, but the women are still underserved in terms of biblical training and leadership development. So I'm able to go and serve, in particular, the women, and then, by God's grace, bring back the testimony, and, and we know in the book of Revelation, it says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of a lamb and the word of our testimony. So I bring back the story, bring back the testimony to North America, and by God's grace, help wake up the church here, Tim. Yeah. I'm sure you feel it, too. Yeah. Nancy Hicks, author of Meant to Live, Living in the Light of the Good News, is our guest. Uh, if you want to win a copy of her book, shoot me a quick text, 610-500-DOVE, 610 
83. Just type in the words meant to live in there. We'll draw several winners uh, at the end of the program. So when you have a second, 610 500 3683. Again, text the words meant to live and maybe your first and last name, and that's good to go. And then we'll get back to you if you happen to win. Back with more in just a second. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. Four forty-two, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in. Our guest is Nancy Hicks, author of the book "Meant to Live: Living in Light of the Good News." Uh, the phrase "to know Christ and to make Him known." It's an embroidered thing that we've had hanging over the pulpit at our church. Just a small stand, really. I'm going to say the last mm-hmm. 30 years or more. And it's just very basic. But first, you know, and the goal is to know God. And then not just as you kind of earlier said, I think, don't just hold on to it, but then push it out. And uh, so, but you got to know him first, uh, at least on some level, and, and make sure you keep going there so you can push out the right stuff. Uh, but that's a, that's a lot of what you're talking about, except it's interesting. You're going to other countries to come back here when often the the mindset is we're going to go help other people in other countries. And maybe we, we are the ones who need the help. Uh, my brother was a missionary to Uganda, and at one point he he said, uh, "You know, people say come quickly, Lord, and in other countries they mean it. Perhaps partly because of you know the, it's a simpler life, or or the need is greater. In America, like come quickly, but if you can't, you know, I got stuff I can occupy myself with till you do." I get it. I yeah, I think that's true, and I think you know one of the things I know I mentioned in the book is that uh, I sometimes wonder because. Because I have seen, I have looked in the faces, I have served women in these parts of the world where they are, I mean, they're working like crazy. There, there was one woman, for example, in Albania who was a Muslim, became a follower of Christ, and leads two churches, one in the city, one in the village, an hour apart. Her husband's a farmer, but the, it's dried up. The land is so dry. There's very little farming, so very little money. But she is leading two churches an hour apart, and in both of those churches, she does two Bible studies a week, plus she, you know, leads the church, but two Bible studies a week in one, three in another. Back and forth she goes hmm. every week. That's an example of one woman. So I, um, I say to myself, I wonder if our mission dollars would be better spent, so this is a thought, <laughs> which again, I, I think I mentioned this in the book, I wonder if our missions dollars be better spent bringing women like that or people like that who have passion and fervor and dirt under their fingernails to this nation and just sharing, this is what it is, and this is what I'm seeing, and this is how God changed my life. I have a feeling that those are the kinds of things that would really help to uh, light the fire again here in North America. The one woman I was thinking of is in Albania, but what about a woman in this East Asian com- country, a young woman? And what if I brought her back here, if I spent money to bring her back here, um, o- over here, I should say, yeah. and say, sweetie, tell us what you're doing in your country. Tell us how you hmm. uh, live the life of Christ. Tell, tell these bored, overstimulated <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, I mean, I love them, right? I love them. I have two sons that are, you know... 25, 27, overstimulated, overcommitted, and in some sense because of lack of purpose and vision for their lives, bored. 
Tell them how you live your life for Christ in your East Asian country. Tell us. And I just wonder if that, uh, it's one thing for me to go and to train, and I I sure want to keep going as long as the Lord allows me to, but I sometimes wonder if, if our dollars would be well spent. I think sometimes, to your point, Tim, when we spend money to bring a lot of people um, from the, especially the ten, what's called the 1040 window, you know, right. across the globe, um, if we bring them here, uh, statistics show that often these precious ones want to stay here because it's comfortable. That makes sense. So, you know, there's a seminary, for example, in, in, uh, in Manila that's strategically placed there so that it serves Nepal and various countries in the in the area, so that they can get great training, but they they won't leave their their nation. How how desperately those areas need, which is why I go. They need people who have biblical training. Most of their leaders don't even have biblical training. They need leaders. They need pastors. They need people who know the word of God and are sensitive to the indigenous leaders there, Tim. Yeah. That we can work alongside the indigenous leaders, not become their leaders, right. but work alongside them and empower those indigenous leaders, and that's the body of Christ at work, I believe. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's lots of different forms it can take, obviously, and where that training happens, and they all sounds good to me. And different, again, depending on the situation, to have someone come from another country and stand before your church or youth group or whatever gathering. And hear what it's like in general. I think that's a great thing. The radio platform, we hope we're doing that here every now and again. Just to remember, I'll say it every now and again, Jesus died for you, but not just for you. Don't remember, you know, don't forget that, you know, how that applies and how it plays out in different parts of the world may not be exactly the experience that you have. I and mean, the gospel itself is not changing, but how it, you know, what it looks like and what people are going through, it's helpful to have a global perspective and not just think that everybody is kind of plus or minus 10% of what you believe, left or right, and we're all kind of in the same area. No, you know, it's good to get that, that bigger global perspective. And, and that's why it's, it's great to hear also your story about what you've seen as you've traveled and some of these people. I'm guessing there are a lot of stories in the book, too. Yes, there are. There are. And and thank you, by the way. And I thought that was really well said, by the way, <laughs> what, you, what you just said as far as that little 10% of, of what we think and how we perceive uh, how we perceive the, the playing out of this fundamental message, this, this, this um, foundational message of the gospel. Yeah. But the forms that it takes in the various parts of the world. We can, and, and, you know, Tim, that's what I talk about in the book, because the book... I, I talk about these four camps of Christians that are not doing a great job of reflecting God's glory. And it has non-believers and believers scratching their heads and wondering if this is what it means to be a Christian, this biting and, and fighting and, you know, this divisiveness. Is that what it means to be a Christian? And we're kind of hovering in our little camps in our echo chambers. If that's what it means to be a Christian, no, thank you. Yeah. And that's where we are. That's in part why the decline, so I just identify these four camps of Christians, help people, the reader, identify, ooh, could I be getting trapped in one of these camps myself? Identify it, and then spend the rest of the book equipping the reader with things like humility and excellence and calling. And so I I talk a lot about those kinds of things. Yes, the stories of the nation, for sure. But I really am saying, here's what's happening around the world. Here's what's happening here. And let's figure out how we can catch that vision that that, that the world, what I call the majority world, church, has got. Even with our means. Can we do it? 
And so that's where, again, I spend the rest of the book equipping the reader uh, how to, instead of reacting to each other, responding to God's great call to life, genuine life. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. The book has, you know, it's more than just pointing out problems. It has, you know, the the suggestions, solutions. How do you, you know, what do you do and how do you move forward and and make it a good thing, not just a, a railing against all things that aren't good or even in general we, we know so i i tend to stay away from blanket statements because i haven't been everywhere and seen everything i i try to be very careful about you know, all that but even then the point being i guess you it'd be easy to say in america that, that there's certainly the propensity just being lulled to sleep scrolling through your phone uh just to have a malaise come oh, over your whole being let alone you know where's the zip and zeal you know we're supposed to have we have the most information ever and yet we're perhaps as dulled as we've ever been as well at times, you've got to be really, really careful, yeah. you know, to use these things in a wise way. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's amazing that we can, I, I love that we can, um, like, do what you're doing and continue the discussion, continue the equipping, continue the connecting with people all over the world. I mean, I love that I can do that through social media, through through electronic means. Oh, it's a gift. But let's let's pay attention to the person right in front of our face as well. Yeah. Precious one, right in front of our faces. It's you know? really true. Nancy Hicks, been a pleasure yeah. chatting with you. The book, again, is called Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. NancyHicksLive.com, best way for folks to look you up a little bit. And perhaps if you do, do some speaking as well, if people wanted to maybe get in touch about doing something, an event with them. or, or uh, Absolutely. Okay. Nancy Hicks Live, you can invite me. Um, we were booking up for, 29, uh, for 2020. I'm so excited. Um, retreats, conferences. Preaching, depending on the church, some don't like that, some do. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I love to come, and certainly on air work as well. But um, and then social media, Facebook and Instagram, Nancy Hicks Live. Everything is Nancy Hicks Live, so it's a great way to stay connected. That's great, Nancy. Tim, thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's great to and, and, it's, and it's great to hear your passion for you know ultimately lifting the Lord up because that's what everybody needs to know. They don't need to know me or you in the end. They need to know Him. And if we can be part of it, then that's fantastic. You know, however, and, and for anyone listening, same thing. However, God uses you. It was I read a book when I was a kid, a uh, teenager in a Bible study called uh, "Out of the Salt Shaker into the World." Rebecca yep. Manley Pippert, I think, was the author, and yep. and the and yep. she said, "Be a sign post, not you know, you're, you're you're not trying to be the sign. Like, oh, look at that beautiful sign. You're trying to point to the one who is beautiful. So, hopefully, that's what, what's happening." Absolutely. I have to tell you, if, I don't know, I, I know our time's up, but I will tell you, I'll t- QVC was great training for that because you on air are never the star. The product is the star. You are never the star. Hmm. So you just have to stay out of the way of the product. That, you now, God's not a product. But I tell you, what great training that you are never the star child, but that product is the star. And so you make sure that you do everything to highlight the, I'll tell you, as a Christian speaker now, I just... I continue to marvel at how God prepared me for this. I am not the star. <laughs> you are not the star, but he sure is. <laughs> what a cr- Thank you, Tim, so much. I Absolutely. really appreciate being on air with you. Thank you, Nancy. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Nancy Hicks, author of Meant to Live, Living in the Light of the Good News. Send me a quick text if you'd like to win a copy of that. 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Back with more in a second on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 455 of the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Nancy Hicks, author of Meant to Live, our guest. 
610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. If you'd like to text in to win a copy. In the meantime, a big song from a few years back by the same name, by Switchfoot Mentally. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com, and on the app at Switchfoot's Meant to Live. Capping off our program, we had Nancy Hicks, author of the book Meant to Live, Living in Light of the Good News. We'll take your text off the air over the next, let's say, we'll, we'll wrap up the contest by quarter after five. Pull over and text on the side of the road, 610-500-DOVE, if you'd like to win a copy of Nancy's book, 610 500 3683. Just type the words meant to live in your text. Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.